the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The lampstand is the church. The church is a lampstand. You know, in John chapter 1, Jesus is described as the light, is described as the light of all men. And John chapter 3, it says, light has come into the world, speaking of Jesus. And John chapter 8, there, Jesus says of himself, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the book of Revelation, he'll be explaining how the lampstand mentioned in the text today is speaking of the church's influence. Jesus said that he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the light, and your job as the church is to be a lampstand and display the light of Jesus. Are you displaying Jesus to the world? Are you obeying the Great Commission and being used by the Lord to make disciples? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. And John says here that this voice, man, it, it, it just, it was, it startled him. It grabbed his attention, just like the sound of a trumpet blast behind him. And, and here's, here's what Jesus said to John in verse 11. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. Remember, he, God speaks that to us to comfort us. So the first thing he wants John to feel his comfort in his presence, not to not be afraid of the presence of Jesus. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia. Again, that's Turkey. Don't think Japan or China. This is Asia Minor. Send it to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And Jesus commands John to write what he sees. And I mentioned last week that 49 times in Revelation, John says, I saw, or I looked, or I beheld. He's just writing down what he sees and just recording what he sees in the book of Revelation. It's, it's interesting. Jesus tells him here to write what you see. And Jesus will tell him to do this 11 more times in the book of Revelation. Jesus will have to remind John over and over to write down what he sees. 
It, it seems maybe that John is just so blown away by what he sees that he forgets to write it down. And so John, Jesus has to say, write it down. John, write it down. Remember, John, I told you, write it down. And, you know, I'm sorry. I was just so caught up. I forgot what I was doing, you know, kind of thing. And he's commanded to send this book to the seven churches that are mentioned there in verse 11. And we'll talk about those churches individually in chapters 2 and 3. So then I turn, verse 12, to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, look, look what it says here. I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, if you look down in verse 20, we're told that the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so the churches are described as, as lampstands. And I think that's a great picture of the church and the purpose of the church in the world. Uh, now, when I say church, uh, don't, don't think of uh, bricks and boards and carpet and chairs. We're not talking about a building. The, the church is not a building. The church is the people, right? That's, you're the church. I'm the church. We're the church. Uh, remember when you were a kid, you used to do that little thing, you know, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, here's the people. That's the church, the people, not the building. And so he's writing this letter to, to people, to believers, the people of God. And he says here, and, and he says, you know, he describes the churches as, as lampstands. The lampstand has one job, and that's to display light. The, the lampstand is, is not the source of light. It just displays the light. It holds the light. You light a lamp, and you put it on a lampstand so that the light can shine for all to see. And the lampstand is the church. The church is a lampstand. You know, in John chapter 1, Jesus is described as the light is described as the light of all men. And John chapter 3, it says, light has come into the world, speaking of Jesus. And John chapter 8, there, Jesus says of himself, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So Jesus is the light, and our job as the church is to be a lampstand and to just display the light of Jesus Christ. That's the job of the church. To just display the light. To just display Jesus to the world. Display Jesus, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, display Jesus to your kids. Display Jesus to your neighbors. Display Jesus to your co-workers. Display Jesus to, to a stranger that you start talking to at Starbucks. That's the whole job of the church. Just to display the light. We're not the light. We're not the source of light. We're just, we're just displaying it. Just showing the light. Now look at verse 13. Now watch this. So he sees seven golden lampstands, which are the churches. And in the midst, in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. Speaking of Jesus. Jesus is in the midst of his church. Isn't that wonderful to consider? That Jesus is in the midst of his church. Jesus said, whenever two or three are gathered in my name, that I am there and in the midst of them. So any, any time that we gather together on a Sunday morning or a Thursday night, or we get together for the men's study or the women's study or a home group, or you get together with one other person for coffee at Panera 
and for a Bible study, and there's two of you there, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Jesus is here. He's here in the midst of his church. Every time we're together, Jesus is here. He's here today in the midst of his church. If the person next to you is sleeping, you might want to, hey, wake up. Jesus is here. Whoa, 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 whoa. I was praying. I wasn't sleeping. I was. So whenever believers gather together, even if it's just two of them, Jesus says, I'll be there. No one else might show up, but I'll show up, Jesus says. You you get two people together, I'm there. I'll show up. And so Jesus is in the midst of his church. That's where we find him. Now, look at this description of Jesus in his glory in verse 13. It says, he is clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about his chest with a golden Band. Some, some commentators say that this is a priestly garment, that he's dressed as the high priest. I don't agree with that. There's no mention of an ephod here. There's no mention of a miter. There's no mention of a breastplate. He doesn't have the garments of the high priest on. This is a royal garment. Jesus is coming back to the earth as the king of kings. You know, right now, he is serving as the high priest. He is in the holy of holies of heaven seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. That's the job of the high priest. When he comes back, he's not coming back as high priest. He's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords to rule and reign upon the earth. And so this this is a royal garment. This is the garment of a king here. Look what it says. Verse 14, his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow. We don't typically picture Jesus with white hair, but in glory, he has white hair. His hair is white like wool. It's white as snow. Turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 7. Daniel, chapter 7. And this is the vision that Daniel had, the prophet Daniel, of the Lord on his throne. Daniel, chapter 7, verse 9. I watched till thrones were put in place in the ancient of days. That's a title for Jesus. This means he's eternal. He's always existed. And the ancient of days was seated on his throne. His garment was white as snow. We just read about his garment down to his ankles. And the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame. And its wheels a burning fire. And so here it, he's described his garment is white as snow. The hair of his head was pure, like pure wool. It was, it was white. That's the same description that we find in Revelation of Jesus. The hair of his head was white like wool, as white as snow. Now, now white hair in the Bible is a sign of righteousness. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31 The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. It's found by living a godly life, is what it means. And so, seeing Jesus with white hair, it's declaring to us that he's righteous. He's a righteous king. A righteous judge. Now look at verse 14 again. It says at the end of verse 14 that his eyes 
were like a flame of fire. Doesn't mean his eyes were, doesn't say that, doesn't say his eyes were a flame of fire, but his eyes were like a flame of fire. It's, it's speaking of judgment. It's speaking of him being uh, all-seeing, all-knowing. Speaking of like a refiner's fire. How it burns away the dross. It burns away the, the corruption, the crud, and just gets down to what's pure. That's the way that he sees. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. It says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There's nothing hidden from his sight. Even the things that we hide aren't hidden from him. You know, all things are naked and open before him. You know, he sees all, he knows all, and it reminds us that we must give an account to him for our lives and the things that we've done. Nothing is hidden from his sight. In Ecclesiastes, it says, God will bring every work into judgment, even the secret things. Nothing's hidden. Nothing's hidden from him. And we must give an account for everything, even the secret things. That's why it's just better to walk in the light with the Lord. That's why it's better just to confess your sin to him. And the Bible tells us when we walk in the light that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. He sees it anyways. It's not hidden from him. We might hide it from other people, but it's not hidden from him. So better just to keep it out in the light and get it out in the open and put it under the blood so that it can be washed away and we can be cleansed. His eyes are like a flame of of fire. He sees all. He knows all. Look at verse 15. His feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace. Even his feet are glorious. That's something. I don't know about you. My feet aren't very glorious. But John is just, his mind is blown by his feet. Even his feet. He says here, his feet were like brass that was refined in a furnace. When you refine brass in a furnace, it becomes uh, incandescent. It begins to glow very brightly. It's difficult to look at brass that's being refined in a furnace. And, and, and in glory, the feet of Jesus Christ are like refined brass. They, they have like this glowing light or something, this, this you know, illumination that comes out of it, this bright light that it's giving off. Like brass. The brass in the Bible is the medal of judgment. Medal of judgment. On Exodus 27, the altar of sacrifice at the tabernacle was made of brass. 
you have a newer translation, it says bronze. But it's the medal of judgment. The, the, the sacrifice for sin was placed upon a, a brass altar and offered to the Lord. And, and quite often when you see brass in the Bible, it's a, it's a sign of judgment. A Goliath, remember David and Goliath? It says that he had a brass helmet, which tells you that's like a foreshadowing that he's going to get it. You know, the, the uh, trouble's coming for that guy. And, he's, and what happens? He gets hit with a rock in the head. You know, the helmet doesn't protect him. And so it's, it's, it's a medal of judgment. When Jesus comes the second time to the earth, he's coming to judge the earth. You know, the first time he came, he came to be a sacrifice for our sins. There was a spike driven through those feet. But when he comes the second time, those feet are like brass that is refined in a furnace. He's coming not to be a sacrifice for sin, but to judge the world in righteousness. Look at verse 15 again. And his voice is as the sound of, of many waters or rushing waters. Now, how, many, how many of you here have been to Niagara Falls? A lot of you. And you just... So majestic and so powerful, isn't it? Just the sound and the, you can hear it from several blocks away, just the roar of that water falling down. And, and it's just so powerful. And, and John says that, that that's what Jesus' voice was like. Just this powerful, majestic voice, like the sound of, of rushing water. He had in his right hand seven stars. Now down in verse 20, we're told the seven stars are the seven angels or the seven messengers of the seven churches. Some take this to be to refer to the pastors of those seven churches. So he has each of the each pastor in his hand. I like that interpretation. That's a good interpretation of that one. I'll go with that. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is described as a two-edged sword sword and out of his mouth goes the word of God and it's like a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance his appearance of his face was like the sun shining in its in its strength so his face is is like the sun shining brightly like in the noonday sun so what a picture of Jesus in glory Jesus in glory and this picture you know, everything about this speaks of strength and majesty and authority and power and righteousness. And this is the picture that your God wants you to have of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus and glory. Not Jesus in Galilee, which is a fine picture. But Jesus in glory. The one who's coming again to the earth, to rule and reign, to set everything right in this world. This Jesus, this is the Jesus that's coming. This Jesus, you know, with the robe and the hair and the eyes and the brass feet and the, the two-edged sword and the stars, all of it, like this Jesus is the one that's coming in power and glory. Look at John's reaction here to seeing Jesus. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And remember, John, he has history with Jesus. He was with him for three years. He, he, he had a close relationship with him. John is described as the apostle whom Jesus loved, 
John sat next to Jesus at the Last Supper. We're told that he leaned upon the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper. But when John sees Jesus in glory, John fell on his face before him as if he were dead. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared to see Jesus in all of his glory. Remember about uh, 20 years ago, there was the really popular song by Mercy Me called If I, I Can Only Imagine. Remember that song? It's been about 20 years, believe it or not, that song's been out. But remember, the, the premise of the song, if you're not familiar with it, the premise of the song is, is the singer is trying to imagine what it will be like on that day when he sees Jesus face to face for the first time. What does he say? Will I stand in his presence? To my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? John, who knew Jesus, when he saw Jesus in his glory, fell flat on his face in his presence. And, I, you know, I'm not going to do better than John, <laughs> right? When I see Jesus. I'm not like that song and all. But I'm just saying, when John saw Jesus, he, he just fell on his face before him. He was just so overwhelmed by, by seeing him. Look at verse 17 again. He falls on his face like a dead man, and Jesus laid his right hand on him. Isn't it interesting that John, John notes which hand it was? You know, it's that, that's significant of a moment for him. It was his right hand. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. He put his right hand on me and said to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. There's those words of comfort again. Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. The Christian should never be afraid in the presence of Jesus Christ. He says, I am he who lives, look at verse 18, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, so be it. And he's speaking here of his death on the cross and his resurrection. And don't overlook that word, forevermore. It's an important word. Jesus did not say, behold, I am alive for now. He said, I'm alive forevermore. He has conquered death. He has defeated the grave once and for all, completely. He has total victory over death. His, his victory is, is permanent. It's forevermore. And for those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he gives us eternal life that will last forevermore. It's not for now or it's not for a season. It's eternal life forevermore. And he says, again, in verse 18, and I, look, check this out, I have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus has reduced hell and death to a key on his key ring. You know, we, everybody fears death, right? Everybody, that's the thing that everybody's afraid of. But you saw in Hawaii this past week when they had that false alarm of a missile coming, and everybody started to freak out because they all thought they were going to die. Understandably, I would freak out too because we all have a fear of death. But when it comes to Jesus, Jesus has death on a key ring. It's just a key. He's got the key to it. A key speaks of authority. If, you, if you've got a key, you can open that door, you can close that door, you can lock that door, you can unlock that door. And he's got the key to hell and death. He, he, he has power. He has authority over hell and death. He, he's sovereign over life. 
is sovereign over death. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible, Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.